I like that. I think that's groovy. <laughs> I'm a little weird. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> You're like broadcasting right now. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, of all times, like, the, I looked down, like, the volume thing is, like, hitting into the red. <laughs> no, that, just the, the phrasing that's so good. Like, are you a little weird? Weird, weird, weird. weird, weird, weird. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to another exciting episode of Got the Earbook After Hours. I'm not. Oh, I keep fucking it up. Welcome to another episode of Got the Earbook. Is I your host as always? Eric. No one knows the difference. I know. Is <laughs> <laughs> I your host as always? Eric, aka the Eric Win, and with us as always is that hostess with the most is Caitlin, aka the Caitlin D. Caitlin, how's it going? How is it going? <laughs> Sounded like you called me Cutlin. Um, oh, that'd which, be like your new metal name. Yeah. <laughs> Cutlin D. Sounds tight. Um, I'm pretty good. You know, it's just another day in the neighborhood. I'm actually PMSing, so I've been pretty depressed, to be honest, this week. <laughs> um, I've been pretty up and down. And a lot of, like, just looking out the window and being like, my life sucks. <laughs> and then being like, am I... <laughs> is this this might be hormonal um even like taking pictures of your cat and like rather than being cutesy it's like him like draped in red and looking like scornfully (laughs) at the camera it's like i feel like you're almost like using him as like your angsty aim away messages like this is how i feel just look (laughs) at prince uh nothing pisses me off more than when guys i don't know message me over and women never do this by the way Women are always like, oh, my God, cute outfit. Love your hair. Like, whatever. And guys will message me and be like, so are you okay all alone? And like, <laughs> like just like, you seem Sorry. pretty down lately. Is there anything I can do? And I'm like, first of all, you don't even have a single picture of you in your Instagram <laughs> profile. And like, I don't know who the fuck I'm talking to, man. You know, it's one. Uh, they have one picture, and it's like of Charles Manson, and like no actual profile picture. No, like it's a usually photos of bands. Yeah, and yeah. like, or and just random, or like their plate or their dog. You know, their plate. And I totally get not posting a bunch of like selfies on social media, but then don't expect a stranger to engage with you because they have no idea who you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I'm. I'm fucking. I'm slow as shit as I always am when we record. What? What's a plate? What do you mean? Like a literal plate? Like food? I, like a food. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was picturing like an their empty license plate. plate. <laughs> um, oh, oh boy. Well, and along those lines, as as I shared on my social media this or earlier today, I got like a scam text message for the second time <laughs> this week, and the first time oh, it was like. The message is just really weird. It's like, hey, um, I was like, I hesitated to call you because, <laughs> or to text you because I was feeling weird after everything that happened, but you're stunning and I just didn't want to leave you hanging. And the other message was really similarly yeah. worded, but it was slightly different. It like and specifically mentioned a, a breakup, right? The, both of them specifically called me stunning. Yeah. I, I also saw someone post some like, hot girl on twitter which you know that's me with 150 followers on twitter um but like some random only twitter posted she had gotten a, a 
text from another person and she was like trying to figure out who it was and it was funny because it was the state like within the time frame that i got my first text whatever from that person it's probably a different person it's probably just some scam going around i still don't know what the end game is though it's the first time i just blocked them after i was like sorry, who is this? And they said, this is Ollie. And I was like, I know one Ollie and he would not send me this text message, you know? Like, yeah. there's just no fucking way. <laughs> and <laughs> meanwhile, Oliver's out there like. <sighs> it's so it's so funny because the, the phrasing of it too implies like we were right in the middle of something, I don't know, steamy or deep or there was some connection and I had to put it on pause because I was dealing with some like, Ship, I haven't forgot about you because I haven't forgot they were stunning. It's just like, but I really want to know what the end game is here. Yeah, you even try to drag it out, and then oh, that was great because they asked if you were a scammer. A scam, mm-hmm. the scammer becomes a scammy, as I said. Like it's like they were trying to. That's such a. That means it was like someone on the other end that's actually you know typing in something. And what is the? I don't know. Eventually, like you sign up for some their OnlyFans. I have a feeling it's probably a catfishing thing where and they just blanket someone's yeah maybe it's like for they'll like find numbers and like maybe some lonely you know woman who's not tech savvy or scam savvy is like oh like i'm sorry who is this this is their own number and then they're like oh my god i'm so sorry and then they like kind of keep the conversation going you know and then like you fall in love and then you end (laughs) up like sending them money because they're like my car broke down and i just really wanted to come to the movies with you today belinda Mm. and belinda's like okay sweetheart Um... i'll venmo you some cash I'm the lead singer of the go-go, so I have plenty of cash. Yeah, exactly. And there's, yeah. I mean, I have you seen some of those 90 Day Fiancés where they're getting catfished? It's, like, pretty sad what people will fall mm-hmm. for. So I, I'm sure it works, but... I am thinking of, like I scammed of- the scammer, and he blocked me by the end of the conversation. <laughs> Catfish, no. Um... I'm just thinking about like that wedding day. <laughs> it's like you're there, up. man. I'm so happy that Ollie here, Oliver, Ollie to his friends, sent me that wrong text message. <laughs> <laughs> like what could have been? Um. Okay, so we were talking right before the show, but how? What? What's been some recent? We're going to do a little bit of like a media digest thing. What have been some recent movies, books, TV shows that you've been getting into? You were telling me about the Scott Peterson thing. Oh, yeah, there's like a Scott Peterson documentary out that I was watching that um, ah, because, you know, you want to hate the guy and it presents (laughs) the evidence in the case. And it's really tough with these things, too, because it's like, all right, well, the right when they present it, it's like maybe he was just a cool guy with a boat, you know, (laughs) and at first I'm like, wow, fuck this guy. Absolutely the fuck not. And then they kind of like plead the case for it. And he actually had like a solid alibi. But also this is this is just media. And it's the same way that like people get wrongfully convicted or that people don't get convicted that are guilty. You know, it's like people twist facts and they present what they want you to see, you know, so who knows? But it totally flipped my brain inside out about that whole situation. (laughs) (laughs) And and everyone knows I love a toxic man and everyone knows I especially <laughs> love a family annihilator and I just want to find the good in them so um that's a joke by the way I don't <laughs> I'm not that far gone 
not yet but i watched that and that was upsetting and then uh i also realized that the year that lacey peterson disappeared was the same year or that see even that i've ch- i've gone from being like the year that Scott peterson <laughs> murdered his wife i'm like the year that she just <laughs> vanished <laughs> like david copperfield <laughs> over here ended up in the bottom of a bay um silly pregnant lady uh (laughs) you know how emotional pregnant women get (laughs) dramatic um (laughs) boy i thought we got i thought we got it out of our system before the show uh no um we that so that same year i was 15 and that's the year that i was dating a senior in high school he was 18 he was the vice president at my school which may be a little weird i don't know um and he cheated like, on me with he was he was the vice president of you mean your class what? of the senior class no eric of america <laughs> well, no you, why was that weird <laughs> i'm confused because he was 18 and i was 15 now oh. that would be weird i think yeah I guess now people are like the the age police. I'm having a lot of hot takes tonight that I kind of want to take back. Um. And he slept. He he slept with your best friend. You said sorry. I didn't mean to step on it. On the tragedy. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't sleep with him. I didn't commit um, statutory vape rape. <laughs> statutory vape. Um, but he cheated on me with my best friend same year lazy peterson gone so you tell me why i have trust <laughs> issues eric <laughs> Whew, i'm fucking sweating over here. um <laughs> i was just saying to you right before we went on i need to watch it i don't remember the details of that case at all to be honest i do remember that it all of america it seemed like we were all in agreement, just like, fuck this guy. Even though I never even, like, mm-hmm. I, I got my information from, like, an Us magazine, probably, like, an Us Weekly. He looked like a douchebag, and he was having an affair. Mm-hmm. He There were a lot of, like, circumstantial reasons that he yeah. looked guilty. Like, he had even told the girl that he was having an affair with that um, his wife, so uh, she disappeared on uh, December 24th, or she was murdered on December 24th, and um he had told his girlfriend that his wife had disappeared and that was on december 9th so like just not oh well that seems pretty (laughs) i know not a good look but it's also not proof that you murdered someone because she was actually cited by multiple witnesses after he left the house that day Mm -hmm. and then he like had a bunch of receipts from the marino and was also seen by eyewitnesses in his boat by himself and it was like a small boat that you couldn't like hide a body in or something right and she meanwhile was seen alive near their house and she disappeared in this interim where basically like he, he his whereabouts were accounted for um but then she turned up like in the area that he had like taken his bout bout, bout <laughs> his boat about so it's just it just seems really fucking weird and then of course he was acting like a schmarmy douchebag like ben affleck and dondrel while she was missing probably because all his problems were solved he thought um <laughs> it was so like he- happy accident <laughs> this is wonderful now is um, he the executive producer of this documentary <laughs> Yeah, one would think, yeah. but he isn't in, in prison serving a life sentence. So I mean, either oh, he? way, okay. he's yeah, he's doing the time for it. He's he's um At the actually of his on death row. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I mean, 
I personally, I don't, I still don't fucking know, but also I do think that it's like, I would like to see why, like, we have this <laughs> criminal justice system that's supposed to be like innocent until proven guilty, you know, and that's like not obviously how it always works, you know, and sometimes yeah. that is for, I, I do think sometimes that's for the best, you know, um, and I'm not saying free stop Peterson because honestly, I think every man that cheats on his <laughs> wife <laughs> should be in prison on death row. I thought so. you were going to say every man that owns a, owns a boat. <laughs> That too. Uh, I think every douchebag <laughs> should just be on death row. <laughs> yeah, the David Fincher said that he like modeled Ben Affleck's character kind of like on Scott Pearson. And I I always think about that one. Did you saw it right? I think I asked you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think about that one scene where he looks so fucking like depressed and like just exhausted. And the media keeps asking for him for like a picture, so he's just kind of like, mm, and then they're like, come on, smile. And so like he does like a quick like. And then, like, that's the picture they use, and like, all like they show like all these like on air personalities being like, look at him smiling like a fucking like his wife has gone missing, and he's just yeah. over there smiling. Yeah, like that is how our culture is. Like, we they will just like take that one little thing, and like that's the part that we want to overanalyze to fucking death, and especially, you know, I've, well, and that isn't like proof that someone murdered someone. You know yeah, what I mean? It, it's, it uh, isn't. It's, I'm, again, I'm not saying he's innocent and he's whatever. It doesn't matter what it, I think. It speaks, but, yeah. it speaks to that mob mentality, though, that especially yeah, totally. in the mid-2000s, like the pre-Instagram Twitter era, where we really had, like, you were just kind of given the information from TV. <laughs> so it was like, all you saw oh, were, like, those I mean, pictures and Us Weekly and shit like that. And now we know how damaging, I mean, (laughs) full circle, (laughs) full full circle, that guy, um, the QAnon dad that just killed his kids because of, like, not trusting the media, basically, Uh and, like, getting sucked into the QAnon conspiracy theories. That's like, uh, what do we believe? (laughs) I believe in nothing. Um, so what have you been watch? I also watched White Lotus, which everyone's yeah, been watching. And it's yeah, like, which you, you s- apparently you sent me like a a nice little fucking. <laughs> I sent you a massive spoiler. I hope you totally forget. About I kind of have already, to be honest. I only remember good, my Flotus joke after. But um, <laughs> <laughs> what have I been watching? God, you know me. I I've been watching you know, Fraser and Friends. I I watched. Uh, we've been watching a lot of Love Love Is Blind. Because they put out like mm-hmm. a new season of it. They brought like, it was like a new, new season where they're like revisiting those people from, which everyone remembers. That was like the big show we all watched at the beginning of quarantine. And uh-huh. so now it's like two years later and they like, I watched to go. that too. They filmed it all fucking, it's like now being done like a Real Housewives kind of reality yeah. show. It's weird. I didn't like it. I didn't watch it fully. Like I, we made it through like maybe an episode and a half. I couldn't hang anymore. It was like, it was like clearly, don't get me wrong. I know a lot of reality shows are like set up kind of, you know, to create these things, whatever. But it was like full on things where like they're hanging out at a bar and then it looks over and it's like, oh, that's the man I've been seeing. Let's go hang out with him. Like it's, it, it felt so just like purposely set up. As yeah. Compared to like it that. reminded me. Go on. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it reminded me actually of like the hills. Yeah, exactly. One of those kind of things where it's like linear kind of storytelling that just happens to be a quote unquote reality TV show. But it could almost be like a drama television show, like a melodramatic teen show. Like yeah. The way did the you watch work. the whole thing? No, I after I'll have to jump back in again. I watched the first two episodes basically and I was like not feeling it. I think 
I think it only is like two or three episodes. <clears throat> there was like one or two more, I think, because it for sure yeah. wasn't the end of it. I got to like when they finally all got to this party together and then they were all like uh-huh. getting into their separate little things and be like, oh, well, Mark and this and that. Uh, no, I'm only there for Jessica, who I call Messica. She's the one who was 34, <laughs> married to the <laughs> yeah, yeah. married at first sight to the 24 year old who, <laughs> <laughs> as we all know, there's a massive 10 year age difference there. Well, yeah, well. It's just funny because that was like the one where she clearly did not like him and she clearly was Uh in love with a different guy. And the whole season was just her. (laughs) Yeah. A name I could not remember for the life of me. And the whole season, like the original OG season of Love is Blind was basically her going through a Rolodex of reasons why she thinks that Mark should break up with her. And she kept bringing up like, well, what about your mother? What about your dog? Like, I don't really like Chicago that much. And every single thing she throws at him, he's like, fuck my mother. Like, I'll kill her. Like, I just want to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he cheated on her. So, yeah, that, but was, that, that was the big I scandal. feel like that happens when, like, you're in a relationship with someone that you hate. Like, they end up having sex with someone else. They 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 go down on They go down. They, they, like, fucking, like, start hating on him so hard. Her and the other girls, like, fuck him. And it's like, dude, you treated him like dog shit. Like, he probably... It was probably like <laughs> less really like did. him being a player, more like Remember? him needing like basic human kindness for like one night. I know. My favorite was when she made them like they were finally like out of the booths or whatever, like the the pods. Yeah. And then they were like sharing an apartment, and she was like, she made him have a romantic date with her, but like with him on the other side of the wall because she was like, I just want that original magic yeah. where you weren't touching me and I didn't have to look at you. It was it was full on like Jan making Michael Scott sleep on like the little like dog bed thing at the bottom of the bed. They had a very Jan and Michael oh, Scott energy. Very much, yeah. So and I love her in many ways because then, yeah. Okay, for she the, carries that show. For the listeners at home, like just a quick set, like if you didn't watch it, it was like a big thing that hit Netflix literally right as quarantine happened. So like it was pretty much like the one show everyone was watching. But the basic concept was that it was a bunch of strangers, men and women who they went on like these dates in these like booths and they would talk to each other, but they couldn't see each other. And then, you know, after a couple episodes, they all pick like, this is the person and we're going to like meet up, live in a apartment for like a couple months. And then no, they had to get engaged in the pods if yeah. they wanted to go to the next Correct. phase of the show. And obviously Jessica was like, well, I need the screen time. <laughs> yeah. She, yes. So I got to marry somebody. So then everyone also, cause I think she just wanted to sabotage Barnett's marriage. Oh, yeah, which she tries uh, several times very drunkenly to do. And it's very uncomfortable for all involved, uh, except for the viewer. I loved it. Well, and the real dark horse of all that was the Amber Burnett were like the hap are still like the happiest couple came out of it. They're like uh, they probably have like the worst like quarantine takes on like politics and like (laughs) things going on in the world. But they they also undeniably have like the best love going so. Shouts out oh, to yeah. them. Um, but yeah, so uh, there was a season, like the initial season. Then there was like the reunion episode right after that that most of those shows always have where they all get together. And then they just like released these more recent ones. But that middle one, like the one where they initially all got back together, was so great because it was like Jessica, who I my nickname for is Messica. Like she clearly <laughs> had to go to a couple like probably <laughs> judge enforced like AA meetings because she was there and she was very much like 
she had like a zen about her and everyone was kind of telling her like hey by the way you're like a real piece of shit i hate you and she was like absorbing and being like you know what that's great like that is your truth uh and you're right like i was a piece of shit like she actually seemed like decent and then immediately in like the new season these new episodes like the shows are getting drunk and like you can see like the like the lines getting on her eyes within like seconds as she's like you know what like barnett and fucking mark like she immediately it was just like this backsliding you watched in real time i feel bad but it's rough right. i yeah i do feel like that show just really is exploiting jessica's oh yeah jessica is red wine jessica is like our scott peterson <laughs> But otherwise, um, <laughs> I've been we've we've been going back and watching a bunch of Married at First Sight, uh, and just like uh-huh. powerhousing through those, and like it's a very similar concept. <laughs> and yeah, though yeah. that show is even more depressing than that show, honestly, because that oh yeah, I that love that show way more real. We I Lacey's been like watching the shit out of it, but I just watched season two with her, which is the one with like this guy who's kind of like abusive, pretty much to the mm-hmm. girl, and. I looked it up afterwards. Do you remember them? It was like this couple. They were kind of younger and he was like very like Long Island kind of like Jersey, not Long Island, like Jersey type bro dude. And like he literally kept getting like aggressively. Was it the basketball player? He was. He might. No. no, he his thing. I kept saying like business consultant, which I kept joking was like, well, he that means unemployed. <laughs> but he just like he kept getting like so like she would say one thing be like, oh, so now I'm a fucking scumbag because I took the money from our wedding thing or whatever like he kept getting, i don't remember i looked it up because i was so like like obviously they're not still together right and like apparently like she had to give a restraining order against him because he like during their finale like backstage the producers caught him on mic like threatening to murder her and her family and her dog <laughs> i'm like oh wow yeah. yeah i i a lot of a lot of crime comes out of shows like that honestly <laughs> yeah. and it's fucked up <laughs> well and Go on. Of course. You put people in this pressure cooker, you know. <laughs> of course you're going to murder them <laughs> and their family. Well, and you you get them in these situations where it's not just like, oh, then the show ends and it's over. It's like they're legally married. <laughs> I know. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. We should probably. I, anyway, <laughs> listener mailbag. Yeah, listener uh, mailbag. Let's get to these we things. We have gone. Because I get, <laughs> I get a really The lesson of this all. show tonight is be very careful about who you marry <laughs> fucking very careful about <laughs> okay do a background check let's get to the voicemails first and then we got like a whole bunch of written questions as well ah hello got your book caitlin d the eric win i have a question for you guys mm-hmm. um i'd like to know what your thoughts on bigfoot are surprise me surprise and delight me <gasps> And, uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know. So have a great night and Bigfoot. Or I guess he's not, he can't be a Yeti, but Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Are you, you know, what, what do you guys think? Right. Mm. Friend of the show, Ray David, that's I'd like. No, 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 no. That's all uh, similar vibe, but that was friend of the show, Marissa. Oh, that was Marissa. They have very similar voices. Yeah. Uh, Marissa, my bad. Rachel, you go to hell. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. <laughs> uh, kick fucking rocks, uh, Rachel. <laughs> well, I think. Yetis are like the Bigfoot I mean, of the snow, right? 
I think so. Okay. Yeah. Like a abominable snow. Um, I've never personally seen a cryptid. However, I believe that the fabric of reality is a lot more flimsy than we in our day-to-day interactions choose to see or believe, you know? And I think for people that like live out in the woods, especially like when you're out in nature, I think that that veil between what is like third dimensional reality, human construct, space time, only these the biologically, scientifically explainable phenomena exist gets looser because we're like less constrained by like the structures that we've created to like make ourselves feel safe. So things like myths, I think, come alive more and like arch- archetypal images like that. I think they come alive. And to me, if someone experiences something, that's real, you know, um, whether it can be, you know, shot and the body dragged back to a laboratory to be studied and shared with the world or not, you know, um, like, so that's my thought on it. I think it's real to people that have experienced it. I'm not particularly afraid of it because I don't go camping. Yeah. As we kind of talked about before, camping kind of fucking sucks. It's very uncomfortable. You get dirty. It's just we like a more luxurious sort of fucking vacation and downtime. So I'm never going to be one that's going to be probably surrounded by Bigfoot or Bigfoots. Uh, but that mm-hmm. being said, I mean, who, yeah, you know what? If someone saw it and told me that they saw it, I also would believe them. And the big thing that they always say, the, the big foot thing they say is like the, like the, supposedly they're known for like cracking rocks or like throwing things like big boulders down hills. And when you go camping, mm-hmm. you do hear like that sometimes. Like you'll hear like snapping and like what sounds like big fucking rocks rolling in the distance. So obviously, Ooh, I just probably, got chills. I know. Yuck. That's always like the Another fun. reason I don't like camping. <laughs> you gotta watch out <laughs> for those Bigfoots, those Blair Witches. I mean, oh. camping is fucking crazy. I know. Shouts out Blair Witch, which who knows? eventually that's gonna that's just got a nice coming soon tag on because i don't have a firm date from our guest yet but what soon okay. soon. um what eric is referring to is that we are soon doing a blair witch episode yes. <laughs> i was trying to be cryptid yeah um, what was the question oh wait, like we actually just what are our thoughts on bigfoot <laughs> uh i do think of all like the uh like cryptozoological creatures out there definitely feels like the most chill maybe because it's like it got like a pacific northwest thing to it but like they Mm. always say like well he's gonna like rip you in half and like feast on your insides and like you know play your fucking spine like a drumstick but there's like a part of me that's like but i don't know maybe he's also chill maybe he's like stoned all the time and has sunglasses oh yeah I'd like to think they there's always like they take it to the negative, but it's like, well, you know, maybe maybe he needs a Scott Pearson bio thing to come out that will paint right? in a more positive light where we're like you all of a sudden there's like these like think pieces on blogs like Bigfoot, where have we gone wrong? Right. I mean, I think there's probably more than one, you know, just because this phenomenon is going on. I'm sure there have been hoaxes because like anything else, you know, it's like same with extraterrestrials. Like there's hoaxes because people, you know, it's it's like and then some people just, you know, there's that ne- whole Netflix documentary about it, too, um, or Kid, Amazon or something. Kid, um, you mean the Bigfoot one? Yeah. Did you finish it? No, you didn't. Right. I thought it was kind of boring. 
I watched it the weekend that I got my second vaccination and I got fucking sick as dog shit. So yeah. I went into it like very sweaty and gross. It was only three episodes. I highly suggest you finish it. I, I was going to suggest to everyone. It's what it it's not what it seems. And by a third episode, you finally realize like, OK. And like when you realize what. Well, it's kind of a true crime yeah. investigation. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, the third episode, I just was it, like, this doesn't involve the husband killing his family. <laughs> I'm just not that into it. <laughs> I thought it was really good, but I will say I was also like having like fever dreams. I was like literally sweaty and like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I was oh, I like bet. a hot mess. Um, but, but I also like, um, was really loving it. I was like, this is so good. I was like getting maybe too passionately into it because I was like fever dreaming it. So. Yeah, no, it is interesting just about like, you know, the the, you know, war on drugs and all that stuff and all that bullshit. But I do think that in general, um, I hate the attitude when people take this attitude of like towards cryptids or whatever or any any phenomenon where they're like, oh, well, like it hasn't been proven, you know, definitively. Therefore, like it cannot exist. And it's like go fuck yourself um it's just such an arrogant perspective to be that it's the same reason like that it is still such a big deal in the u.s and, and in so many parts of the world it's like oh well i don't know anyone with covid so how can this be real you know or racism it's like well i don't see this so it's not true you know it's like well you know there are more things in on in heaven and earth than your philosophy horatio that's from <laughs> hamlet or something um yeah but it, it is kind of like your kid getting sick or your kid lying about getting a cold because they don't want to go to school and it's like your takeaway from that is like well anyone who claims that they've ever had a cold or seen someone have a cold is a liar because like my kid lied about it. it's, it's like full of it yeah it's like yeah like you said some people have lied about bigfoot i'm sure saying of course like people dudes lie about like the big fish they caught in the lake you know to tell the tale at the fucking pub and shit like that like Sometimes you tell big stories just because it's fun to tell big stories. And sometimes you see Bigfoot and, you know. Well, and so I, I, um, I've been hearing more about these. There have been like an increase in Mothman sightings this year. And oh. also just like in these like winged like Thunderbirds, which is a Native American legend and, uh, all kinds of, uh, different cryptids that are basically like f flying and it's funny because I had this dream recently that I was like living in this city and we were sitting on a rooftop having dinner and we looked over and where there was like this stadium of sorts where they were playing. We knew that that night they were playing a big movie, like an outdoor movie. Mm. Um, and there was this big like dragon bird thing that popped up out of the thing. And we we're like, is that like part of the the movie? But that seems pretty expensive for like just like a an outdoor movie screening, you know, yeah. <laughs> like just like have this like Disneyland effect yeah. happening, you know, um, it was like a hologram, like what, what's happening here. <laughs> and then like the explanation in the, and like all over the city, different things started happening where it was like a fire over here. This building's flooded oh, and there's an earthquake in this part of town. And there was all these disasters happening. And it was like, the, my understanding in the dream was like, Oh, like reality is becoming less, certain and to get people to wake up basically and to like be more uh aware of of you know 
this like deconstruction of reality, these disasters are happening. These cryptids are coming out. So I thought that was an interesting take on, uh, I mean, it was a dream, but still I was like, oh, I can see how that's like kind of been happening in our society, you know, like, and I think we've talked about that a little on this podcast before too, just like things get weird when you're in a dream to kind of make you wake up in the dream. Mm. You know, like when the weird things start happening in a dream, you start to question like, wait a minute, is this real? Yeah, that makes you like, like and the I, adrenaline rush that gets you to typically wake up. Right. And so in reality, I think the the metaphor, you know, what's happening is like things are getting weirder and weirder. We had the weirdest cartoon, most cartoonish president, like all these strange things have been happening. These cryptids are appearing to people. And I think the it's just the drive is just to get people to like stop just being, you know, monotonous uh capitalist war machines you know and like maybe have a er, what <laughs> am i doing with my life why what is money yeah. you know like why do i have to pay rent to live on a planet that birthed me <laughs> like, you know, you you know, know. who's not paying rent right now fucking living rent free tax free murph <laughs> well murph too bigfoot <laughs> murph is like littlefoot but you know oh. uh bigfoot. also stop peterson <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm sure he would debate <laughs> you on that, but yeah, kind of true. Um, I'm just laughing, Scott thinking free, not so much. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm picturing like you know, in Fantasmic at Disneyland, when Maleficent turns into like dragon form Maleficent. I'm thinking about if yes. I was stoned and I saw that in the woods. Like, oh I would, <laughs> I would never Shit be the yourself. same. No, you would would go home and quit your job. You know what I mean? Like you would stop working for the man because you would be like, there's something in these woods. I'd be like that old guy who has like the old timey, like run down dilapidated gas stations. Like you would build that cabin with your hands and you would throw your cell phone into a lake and you would like, you would change. I would see the teens who are about to like go get murdered. And I'd be like, don't go up in them woods. I haven't seen teenagers come out alive from there in 30 years. Like You're like on your porch in a porch swing yeah. with Bigfoot smoking a blunt. Fuck, that sounds legit. Okay, we, we, we got we got other voicemails. Let's let's get into it. Uh Marissa, thank you for the question. Bigfoot, thank you. We have for... a lot to go. We gotta just Alright, so here's my thing I need advice with. So I travel for work, so I'll have to bring a suitcase, right? Sometimes I'm gone for two days, sometimes a week, sometimes a day, whatever. So I have a suitcase full of clothes. So then I'll go live in out of a hotel room, you know, and then I'll have I'll go back home and I'll have a dresser full of clothes that I have this suitcase still and I gotta do laundry and it gets kinda like scattered, so I don't like am I just putting this stuff back in the dresser? Am I leaving it the suitcase when it's clean because I know I have to leave again in like a week? And then combine that with lazy up and house sitting for somebody too. So, okay, basically I feel like all of my clothes and like toiletries and stuff are split between a suitcase, my house, some other house. I have stuff in my car still. And it's like, it's so scattered and it makes me feel uneasy all day and like panicky. I don't really know what my question is. I need hard to keep things straight i need some tips or life advice on how to like should i just have a permanent 
that is like certain clothes are, are only the suitcase clothes, certain clothes are only the home clothes. That's, you know what, I need advice on that. What is my move? This is pretty open-ended, but I'm open to whatever advice you have. Thanks, Kathy. You're both peace. So that is friend of the show, Ryan Nemeth, uh, Hollywood Hunt, our wrestler friend who, um, you know, yeah. do you have any questions or do you have any comments before I, because I have a, I have a thought on this. I, I figured you would have a thought on it. I, I mean, I don't, I feel like he almost answered the answered himself in, which is like, <laughs> maybe you do just have designated you have your goat travel bag that has those clothes. If it's making you feel uneasy and panicked, I mean, do something about it. Just, con- you know, it w- I don't know. <laughs> just okay. wash your clothes. Keep on top of your laundry. Yeah, no, that's Eric has, that's not helpful. Um, <laughs> I am actually not about to be very helpful either. So, and this is part of every time I'm like PMSing like this, part uh, of my nightmare of being alive is having to own stuff. And I just start to see my life as like, it is nothing but moving piles into other piles and like just shuffling stuff around like as human beings like you ever watch insects and it's you're just like what are you doing you just move that piece of sand over there why (laughs) but then like if someone was looking down at us and you're just like putting your clothes from your suitcase and then like back in your dresser and they're like what are you doing dude um you're just watching bugs that's kind of entertainment that the scott pearsons of the world (laughs) are only privy to typically (laughs) um i just think that yeah owning stuff is complicated and i've been trying to like my solution and something that's been like physically bothering me lately Uh i don't even travel that often but i feel like i'm like constantly doing laundry and folding and organizing drawers and like Mm. or like moving a pile from my chair you know, into whatever. And I think I just need less clothing. I think I just need to have fewer options. I think happier people own fewer things, you know, Um, especially because I might be, you know, moving to Mexico soon. So I've been thinking about like, what if I sublet my place? Where's all my stuff going to go? And my problem is I'm sentimental about things. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have to be like specific, this to specifically to Ryan, if you are, you know, you have like a certain wardrobe that you want to be like wearing in different places. Then you want to change the clothes or like that kind of thing. But if I was in your position, yeah, I would like put a toothbrush in your bag and then that's your travel toothbrush, like have a travel toiletry bag that just stays in your thing. Yeah. Just have doubles on that. Like if it's stressing you out, you know? Yeah. Um, I, unpacking is something i don't mind doing it's more like like just the general drudgery of laundry and life that bothers Mm. me but i can imagine if i was doing it all the time like that that would be a huge annoyance and i think having two sets of things the house sitting it's like that's not permanent you know unless you plan on being like house sitting a lot but yeah have like your (laughs) travel toothbrush like that set and then i would also like just Marie Kondo your closet and get rid of a bunch of stuff and it probably won't feel as overwhelming because I know with me if I if I gut a drawer and I just get rid of a bunch of stuff I will like not feel as stressed out about doing my laundry and all that thing because it sucks when you're like stuffing Mm. things into things and it's 
disorganized. And I don't know, I don't know if any of this is helpful. I'm you're like, help me organize. And I'm like, Marie Kondo it, which uh, sounds really obvious, but it's also like that bitch knows what she's doing. I I think you were actually tapping into something too about I, I recently I've been like getting rid of more and more like band shirts and because I also sometimes like I don't the there are a couple things I like to collect and it's like records, books and then, like, it used to be, like, band shirts and band mementos, things like that. But I've been slowly getting rid of that. Like, excluding, like, the shit that I wear to work, which, like, a lot of it has, like, made its way to my day-to-day living just because, like, that's kind of just the easiest way to go. But it's, like, honestly, I have, like, simplified my wardrobe choices to the point where it's, like, mainly it's just, like, white shirts or just, like, a few select mm-hmm. polos. And recently, like, the few times we've gone out of town, like, or I've gone places it's actually made life so easy because it's just like a couple of the white shirts, a couple of like the typical black and equal pants I have, chones, which I call, which is my word for underwear, <laughs> underwear. Um, and then like one or two nice shirts like on hangers like draped over the bag and then boom, it's done. And I have my overnight toiletries bag, which is separate from my, like my at home toiletries bag. It's just like good, easy, ready to go. feels very like Marie Kondo-ish and it's, uh, it makes life feel so good. Yeah, I'm I'm in a moment where like I know I want to get rid of probably honestly like 80% of my clothing, but I am so sentimental about things for no fucking reason where I'm like this is a dress that I've never I've worn one time. <laughs> but what if I cuz sometimes you do wear it 4 years later. Yeah. But then also like that's like four years that something's sitting in your closet not being used that like if for that same occasion you could just run out and buy something you know um i think it just it so depends on the person like if it stresses you out like if you're if it feels like a cluttered situation yeah. or like a situation where you're viewing it and it's making you feel stressed out because you're like the options are the this or the that then you then just downsize get rid of it or create like these separate compartmentalized sort of like this is my to-go clothes i'd never I never go into this bag or into this like dresser except when I'm leaving town. This is my gym drawer, gym gym bag. This is like my house sitting one, which I guess would be your standard one, I imagine. The, as far as like the stuff when that's I... in your car, like get that out. You a cluttered car makes you stressed, and I know that as someone who's constantly in a cluttered truck. <laughs> get it out of there. It makes you feel <laughs> way. It, it makes you feel so good when you don't have a bunch of stuff like in your back seat that you can kind of see. And yeah, this. This question is very poignant for me today because I did like a good five or six hours where I just felt like I was moving stuff around <laughs> and I don't feel like I got anything done. Um, you got to like move the big stuff to one area just to yeah. do like a tiny little like chip away a tiny little thing and then like move it back. And sometimes it's, it takes a while. I get it. Well, and it does suck sometimes when you realize, like, damn, like, I kind of wish I hadn't gotten rid of that. But it's just, to me, it's never as bad as the feeling of having, like, that overwhelming sensation of mess in your life, <laughs> yeah. you know, I which agree. is constant. I hate, and I if, hate it. We probably should maybe define Marie Kondo since we've been using it as a verb and maybe not everyone's familiar, but that's, like, she's... Joy? Yeah, Sparks Joy, like she's the art of tidying up, I think mm-hmm. was the title of her book that made her kind of famous. And then she had a show. But the process loosely is 
you go in and you kind of see it as like the spiritual process, you know, the spiritual cleansing and you treat all these objects with respect and with love, you know, and you put everything like you would basically go into your closet, take everything out of your suitcase, everything. I also, one thing really quick, quick side note, I unpack as soon as I get home from a trip usually, or the very first thing next morning, I completely unpack empty my suitcase and then put it away because if I don't even if it's just a pile on the floor because if I don't do that that suitcase is gonna just stay there for way too long Caitlin also um, cleans a great one and I did it recently and I loved it Caitlin cleans her house before she leaves or cleans her room so that way when you return because that I've fallen prey to that before where you come back and if your room's already messy or like it's cluttered or whatever, there's cause maybe like you were getting ready for the trip. So there's clothes that like didn't make the cut. They're kind of all over the place and whatever. You're just going to throw the fucking suitcase down. And then like you're living out of that suitcase for a week, basically <laughs> in your own house. I, we've all been there. You're just living like a drifter. If you come in back to your own home. Yeah. Totally. If you come back to a clean room, you're, I guarantee you at least have like a 50% better chance of, immediately like putting those clothes away or washing them or doing whatever unpacking yeah so sorry the marie tondo process though you go in your closet you take out basically everything you own and this is incredibly time consuming so it's like a whole day basically right. where you just like through your schedule or at least several hours and you put and i've done it individually with just drawers or like a section of my closet you know yeah. and then i'll a week later i'll do the next section or whatever but you put everything you take everything out of your closet or your drawer or whatever, you put it on a pile in your bed and then you go through each item, item by item, and you have a keep, a donation, and a throw away. And, um, and I think there's like a, a another one for like sentimental keeping, like whatever, but then it, that goes in a separate area and it's not kept with your day-to-day -day items, you know? Um, you go through each item, you like hold it and you ask yourself, does this item spark joy? <laughs> and then if it does, you keep it, you know, and then so that's you go on your feeling sense, basically. So I don't know. I think that would help. And um, that's that's probably enough organizational tips from someone who <laughs> spent most of the day feeling like a complete fucking train wreck. <laughs> I, I highly suggest actually if you are listening to this right now and you didn't you didn't already know about that technique or you didn't watch the show or read the book, go watch the Netflix. Uh, she did a couple episodes, maybe even a couple seasons, but just like watch one season or one episode to get a sense of it because it's really cool and like a lot of the people like you, it's really easy to be like you get that sense feeling, but it's like you'll sometimes like I think a lot of people that that part of them is maybe broken because I think a lot of people like pull attachment and stuff especially if they're in like a really bad place so it's good to watch it to see like she's kind of like hard line she's a very soft like her pro oh my god she's fucking adorable is and extremely pretty lover and uh <laughs> I'm like just like, gonna, just got very aroused yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway she uh it's great though because like she's very soft about it, but like her approach is very like well no you should like you know, like she's still like firm but fair, you know, and I love it. She, mm -hmm. the way that she handles people and like these fucking slobs, you know. Well, and the items that you are giving away, and this this helped me a lot actually. Like when you decide not to keep something, if it does not spark joy, if it just makes you feel kind of bogged down, you like hold that item and you thank it before you let it go, yeah. and. I really like that part of it because it really does like it, you know, it's closure. You I think are we need so closure Phoebe. with our clothes. Oh my gosh. 
You really are the Phoebe of this. <laughs> you are. No, you know what my sister does too. A lot of people do. That is the way you're supposed to do it. Like that is like the cynical part of me where I'm like, I love like the more just like, like just like, oh, I love like the part of it that just feels very like, I don't know militant or something like like yeah we just cut huh. this out and we move forward like i'm like not thinking anything yeah you're such all. a military guy um <laughs> i just like I just ever like, since you got a buzz cut you're just like fucking lieutenant win over there um also oh, also donating to a place like i used to set, put things to goodwill but then i was like actually this place kind of sucks and they don't actually have any yeah. goodwill towards any member of the community um but I started donating to like either individual people like that are, you know, homeless or whatever that look like they're my size or just take it to a women's shelter or, you know, mm. like something like that where you, it feels like meaningful because knowing that my things that were hard for me to let go of, but that I know I'm not personally going to wear might actually be making someone like making someone else's day. Mm is a lot easier to let it go than just being like, oh, someone might buy this at Goodwill or it'll end up in a dumpster. Yeah, there, uh, LA is kind of probably a, a place where it'd be a little bit harder to, but up here in Santa Rosa, there's actually a lot of cool Facebook groups because even though it's like a, there's like 160,000 people that live here, it's still very much like a small, very small town community vibe here. And there's like a lot of these cool Facebook groups that are, for kind of like struggling families or struggling single mothers, things like that. And they just treat it. It's like all super rapid fire where it's like, I have a table who needs it. And like a mom will be like, I need this. And then I'll be like, I, or they'll be like, I really need this for like for my kids project. And it's really cool. If you can find something like that, where it's like a real direct access to like people who are just like straight up saying like, I need this and I'm struggling this kind of thing. It's really cool actually. Cause it makes you feel good knowing that you're actually helping directly and not like Caitlin said a goodwill where it's like, Ooh, um yeah so that's pretty peripheral to what your question was but hopefully that was all <laughs> helpful and i wish you luck on your organization journeys me too uh hollywood hunk not what i was gonna say for, <laughs> i was gonna say the hamster um <laughs> hollywood hamster <laughs> I was, alliterative stuff was going on so it's like h um <laughs> Okay, we got another voicemail, but we do have like a bunch of written ones. Let's do a couple of these like somewhat rapid fire. We're because they're kind of quicker okay, questions. Okay, yeah, we need to be quicker. We need to just not wander <laughs> into all kinds of territory. Um, we'll see how we do. Territory. What makes you feel old and out of touch with the youth? I mean, the everything. Yeah, the easy answer is TikTok, but really, TikTok <laughs> or uh, Twitter. Yeah, it's a lot of like, and it's the jokes that I'm no longer getting or like the references I'm no longer getting. And like a lot of it's cause it's from TikTok and things like that. That's made its way over to Instagram or Twitter. And then I see it and I don't know what someone's talking about. And when I like pull back the thread, it's like, Oh, it's from like a TikTok from like a 12 year old dancing. I'm like, Oh, I no longer know what's being referenced. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think the <laughs> fact that I'm like gen in generally getting what nothing go on. Are you laughing because I'm elaborating? <laughs> yeah, which is totally fine because I actually want to hear what you have to say. It was funny because like, like rap fire and like, yeah, let's go. And then immediately like, it all started no. in 1987 when I was There was born. like a real chin stroking um, <laughs> vibe to like the way you're about to start that sentence. Um, I was just going to say like, I'll, and I'll try to say it as briefly as I can. I think the fact that I like don't really have any desire to like, I feel like my social media identity has like nothing to do with my life or who I actually am, you know? Mm. And I feel like more and more 
and maybe it's not a youth thing. Maybe it's because there's people my age that are like the opposite of that or whatever, I guess. But seems like with younger people, it's so much a part of your identity and what part of what like you're bringing to the world. And I feel like if someone was trying to like actually get to know who I was through my Instagram, they'd be like completely fucked, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, I don't even play music anymore for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I guess they'd be like, so, like, I feel like this is like a media page, but how? (laughs) It's like a riddle. But what? But why? Um, Is there anything that is well-liked that you don't get? You know what? So much. I like it, but I feel like it's become this, like, I might get a lot of hate for this, but the Topo Chico drink, like, it's good, but I feel like out of nowhere, people are, like, high praising it, and I don't quite get, like, the high praise. I just think it's, like, a fine drink, but I don't think it's any better or worse than any other, like, drink. Yeah, I think it's, like, started with the sparkling water craze when a bunch of people were turning (laughs) away from soda you know yeah. but also like needed like the to crack pro- something at parties and yeah. now people are like oh like it's just not uh it doesn't have like this midwestern like homogeneously white brand image like Lacroix yeah. does you know yeah and so i think that's why <laughs> all right i that and that's fine i just it it, it has become like it, recently i've like noticed that it's like become critically adored whereas i I just think it's fine. It's my stamp on it. And like the the whole like style of the font and everything. Like all yeah. of that is like very hip right now, you know. It is, I don't good, know. It is a good font. This conversation makes me feel old. I know, right? <laughs> this is this kind of goes back to the question before. Is there what is there something that you don't get that there's something that's just like massively adored or being I praised? feel that way constantly. <laughs> like I cannot express to you how often I'm just like I just don't get it, you know, and I feel like I just somewhat whatever like mass hysteria plug that everyone got like before they were birthed into this universe. I just feel like someone forgot to plug me into it because there's like just constantly things that I'm just like, why? Yeah, I kind of feel that way. There's some stuff where I like I have enough wherewithal where I get why, but I just can't like uh, like Marvel movies I, I've talked about before and things like that and like I get why people do but then like I will try very like hard like no cynicism or no sarcasm like we'll sit down and like open mind and try to watch and I'm just like uh, I just can't like I I, my, I like black out I'm like I can't <laughs> so I don't know. There is plenty. I understand. There, I only watch Marvel movies because it's, to me it's better than watching sports and that's like <laughs> a similar porn. thing. <laughs> well, oh there's also some real fucking fine men in there uh there's some i i watch it purely for the heroes bathing their wound scenes yeah i'm just still laughing about that time you were late in you came in all sweaty like what are you doing i was well, i was watching thor <laughs> or captain america captain america <laughs> so it was and you were like <laughs> you were fucking flushed as a squirrel man it was crazy all right if as a could, squirrel man i don't know where i don't know what that phrase was <laughs> it just came out of my mouth to be honest sometimes i make up phrases that aren't like used by say as if it's like a everyone knows that's flushed like a squirrel <laughs> i don't know i mean okay, whatever saying, move on if you could name a <laughs> constellation what would you name it oh 
Um, that's a thinker. It is. I would name it Murph. I would have well, to name it Murph. I would name it Dinah. <laughs> yeah. Dinah is a good constellation name. Murph, I love you, Murph. It's not necessarily a constellation name. Dinah feels a little bit more constellation-ish. Murph is like a moon, like a one of Jupiter's moons or something. M- like Murph, mm-hmm. Murph 2 or something like that. <laughs> Murph is, yeah, like a satellite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the Murph 3. <laughs> now we have ESPN <laughs> 72. Thanks, buddy. Um, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's, some of these are crazy and like I tried so hard not to think about any of them. What's your favorite gross smell? Ew. <laughs> um. <laughs> I I could not. Oh, I, I tried not to think about them because I don't want like because I like to try to think in this moment. But man, I saw that one. I can't think of anything. I I'm very squeamish about gross smells. To be honest. So am I. Um, I know there's gotta be one though that I'm just like that's not so bad. I know uh, a lot. Of, I know a lot of girls who are like, oh, I like your like the like armpit smell and pheromones and like kind of like after a gross day but i don't even like yeah, that. like musk yeah i don't maybe it's because it's musk of a man or something i i don't like other people who smell gross certainly i do like a musky scent mm-hmm. but i guess that's not too gross either i mean there's like there's a fine line i'm sure there's a certain point where you're like okay you smell like fucking- yeah that's like biological you know that just is like something to yeah. make you horny it's not like it's oh, not... I'm so weird. I like BO. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh God, I really can't think of one. I, I'm this, I'm similar. Like if something smells bad, I usually spend a good part of the day, every single day, just trying to eliminate bad smells from my house and yeah. like lighting cones of pine incense and just <laughs> whatever to like make things go away. But I, I tend to like masculine smells, so I don't know. Um, that's not weird, but oh sorry person this was a good question but i don't know a good question this isn't quite what you're looking for but i will say one thing that like kind of reverse one things that like are supposedly smell good but i do not like i I love candles but i'm very particular about them i hate when they smell like just super fucking processed like sugars like it almost smells like they took like (laughs) it sounds really creepy says but i always say this because i think it's true like they it smells like sometimes they took like a little girl's room and they like processed it into like this little sugary, sweet, fucking like fake smelling candle. I feel like I'm just smelling like pure chemicals, and it it ugh, it like makes me want to vomit when I smell it. Yeah, I could go on about all the smells I don't like and the smells that I do like, but none of them are hot takes. And vapes, I hate vapes. Like whenever I'm around a friend who has like a flavored vape, like oh, it's like cotton candy. It fucking smells so gross to me. I'd rather that they were smoking a cigarette, honestly. Um. <laughs> If you could oh, look- I do like I do like the smell of cigarette smoke. I do. T- well, but my mom was a smoker, you know, I do like a little bit. I don't. It, it's gross if you're around it like constantly or if like you smell if it's daytime. I hate it. But yeah, if I catch here. a draft of it in the nighttime, I'm yes. like, yeah, baby. <laughs> was that your neighbor above you? Like walking around for a second? Yeah, I know. Oh, I don't know what I've doing. never heard your neighbors ever stomp before and out of nowhere i was like oh my gosh like they're walking around like activity up there uh if you could live in any movie what movie would you want to live in Ooh. i was about to say moulin rouge but i would just like immediately die of an std <laughs> so much his movies i just rewatched. uh i went i d- decided okay. to try to, um the gatsby one to see if it uh-huh if it, 
I liked it better than I remembered it. I didn't think I was going to like it that much, but it, it works better in a movie theater. All of his movies do, Boz Lerman, but his movies, man, I couldn't live in that world where everything's like moving constantly and it's like kaleidoscope of colors. And I love the romantic aspect and the whimsy, but like the constant like, like that. I love it. I would, I would, I feel like napping. that's the only way. I feel like only if I live in Boz Lerman universe could I enjoy a life full of chaos. <laughs> it would just be like constant like fast cutaways to me still sleeping <laughs> it's like like but like it would be like over the top because he loves like things that are almost cartoonish so it would be like literally like mm, like that kind of like what's a good post. like kind of medieval fantasy movie but like sort of magical because i feel like that's where i would want to be at <laughs> i don't know you're not asking the right person because i can tell you the kinds of movies i do not like <laughs> like i'm like i'm like i just want to live in like I don't know. You've got mail where it's just like everyone's kind of nice. And Tom Hanks is there. <laughs> oh, Harry Potter. I could live in that world for sure. I would fuck with that. I would be into it if it wasn't like there's so much like transphobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you don't have to be part of it. I guess. Yeah. They are also dealing with the rise of the rise of a fascist dictator. Yeah. Well, I guess like <laughs> after they destroyed him, I would imagine things were good. You know, imagine like in the Potter world. <laughs> Imagine if they had to deal with the same shit we did where there's like a lot of fucking wizards who are like anti-vax. <laughs> and like they're like <laughs> No, that that I mean that's a thing in Harry Potter. Like when the when Voldemort comes back, there's a bunch of people that don't believe it. Oh no shit. I didn't I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I that was a big part of it. That's why it's so them. disappointing that JK Rowling decided to like die on the hill of transphobia during this <laughs> time period because so many of her books are very like much speaking to this time period yeah and like how people respond to you know like the change in changes in leadership and evil and and prejudice really because it's all about like um whatever i'm not going to get into what harry potter is about right now just we said we keep <laughs> yeah. it short next question <laughs> caitlin someone wants to add someone asked you specifically what is a if i want to be their lover. girlfriend <laughs> Um, no, they want to know what, uh, they want to get your ultimate style tip is how they phrased it. Oh, oh wow. Your um, ultimate style tip. You got, you got one, <laughs> you got one, you got to get. I have one tip. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just... Only, I wear a lot of black and I've said this a million times and it's literally only because I spill on absolutely everything that I put on my body <laughs> oh, that's smart. is going to end up with a stain on it. And I like, I even have stuff. I mean, I'll have stuff that has like colors in it, but every I throughout the day, I am so paranoid and I inevitably spill on it. And then it's like just a whole stain treating thing. I don't understand how people have nice things that they don't spill on because I feel like I'll just like go, I'll like pick up my coffee and it'll just like splash across, yeah. you know, and it's like, I'll get that one speck. But then on a white t-shirt, like it's ruined, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't, you know, like, or it's not ruined. I'll still wear, still wear it, you know, but I'm not going to wear it to like the office, you know? And mm. I just, I, I don't have any tips. I, all my style is preventative, you know? Yeah. It sounds like your tip is just what, think about what you're going to eat or drink that day and eat, wear the same color <laughs> as, color. <laughs> so a nice brown sweater for coffee days. 
Yeah. I mean, honestly, my true answer is so cliche that it kind of like is gross to even say, but just like wear what makes you feel good, you know, because I I think, (laughs) no, it's true. When you're comfortable, you look best compared to like when you're like, ooh, this is a really cool outfit, but it's risky. And then the whole time you're just like, yeah. And it's just everyone everyone sees through that. Yeah. Um favorite city in California. Go is what they wrote. They wrote go. Favorite city. In California. In California? I guess Los Angeles. Oh. I don't even like it that much anymore. I was gonna say Cayucas, it's always my go to like that's my nice escape place. So that's like always gonna mm-hmm. be my favorite place. Cause I don't know if I could ever maybe retire, but I would never want to go live there again. That's what makes it my favorite. It's like a good getaway kind of place. And it's like the perfect speed for me, which is that it's a dead stop turtle <laughs> kind of speed there. I um, That sounds great. I might check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then what is the least favorite city in California specifically? Specifically in California? I don't care for San Francisco personally. San Francisco has lost its edge. It did like many years ago when the tech boom happened and it, it's just not the same city anymore. I will say like that's still charming. I will always have love for it, especially growing up in the Bay Area. But man, it's a bummer to see like the city that like I loved and grew up in just changed so much in the last 15 years. And it has changed hyper dramatically. Um, but my least favorite, I always say like the, the go to is no offense to anyone who lives there, but anyone I know who lives in these places, they talk about it. My go-tos are always like Fresno, Stockton, Modesto, Bakersfield. Those places all fucking suck. I'm sorry. It's true. And they're always, they're all hot as shit. They're all like 110 degrees and it's just like wastelands of fucking strip malls and uh, it's the worst. No offense. Yeah. See, I don't even mind like the suburban stuff. What bothered, what I don't like about San Francisco, like, yeah, like the tech thing for sure. I just, I hate that you literally can't even go to the city without paying a $20 fee. It's like... Yeah, Disneyland or something. Mm-hmm. I just find that kind of crazy that like you can't even go to a city without paying money. <laughs> yeah. And then um, <laughs> you can't, you know, I and uh, about that. But yeah, you have to you have to cross some bridge or another to get in there. So you literally have to like pay. it's like a theme park. Yeah. Um, And I just think that it's I don't know. I I loved San Francisco until I lived there. And then when I lived there, I just never met so many people that were rude to me in my life. So I just didn't yeah. care for it. Um, Worst job you ever had? They wrote y'all ever had. Mm, you go first. I have to think for a sec. I think I might talk about it on here before. Uh, I've worked every single fucking job. All, some great, some terrible. The worst one ever was this. And it was like when I was deep in my addictions. And it was like, you had to be there at five in the morning to work in this kitchen, just doing like a bunch of meal prep. And then you would take your food it was during like the work week. It was Monday through Friday. And then you'd have to go and like try to like sell these lunches to like businesses to like offices, like from the TV show, the office, like going into offices like that hungover. Like you've been up since like fucking four 30 in the morning. You probably didn't even go to sleep. Yeah. If you're mean, most of the other people who work there, like we were all the same age, like early twenties, just like a crap job. You found on Craigslist. Um, I only worked there for like three or six months like that. It was awful. Everyone there was Oh, like cartoonishly angry. It, the the fights that happened there were so over the top between everyone because no one wanted to be there that it actually was almost like entertaining in a way, but it was hellish, <laughs> uh, terrible. Zero out of five stars. Um, I've had a lot of like service jobs, and that's always tough, you know. But yeah. also, I I had a lot of fun, like especially as a waitress. Like, 
I just think if that job paid better, I I probably never would have stopped yeah. doing it. Um, it's you know, and it can like some people get paid very well for that. Uh, but I honestly, my first, my second massage job ever was probably the worst when I was at this place in LA called the now and they're franchised now. And I have no problem saying that they're a horrible work environment and oh, no. that you shouldn't patronize that establishment. Are we I already, I've already been paid. Yeah. It's called the now. Oh, um, oh it's literally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I've already been paid out by one class action lawsuit against that place. <laughs> and I'm sure I haven't, I'm sure it's not the last of them too, because their work practices are just really terrible. The clientele was terrible. It was like, they gave away a lot of like stuff to in influencers, you know? Mm. Um, was it, it like was a massage envy type place? It was, but it looked very Instagrammable. Okay. And that they have this whole brand image of like, like kind of goopy, you know, yeah, so it was like, like, <laughs> like self care and all this yeah. stuff. But then like behind the scenes, they're like forcing people to work with injuries and they wouldn't oh, give God. us medical insurance. They, you're um, using instead your, they of giving us you... medical insurance, the owner made us all necklaces. Oh, um, <laughs> you're using your literal body there. Well, I mean, I guess all jobs are kind of using your literal body, but like you're literally it's <laughs> manual on. labor yeah yeah wow that's fucked up i mean yeah not shocking though yeah. because i almost every job i've ever had up until now never gave me health insurance so literally mm -hmm. actually not think about i never had a single job that had health insurance until my current job so yeah and uh honestly another reason not to go there if you are still on the fence is they were the most unsanitary place i have ever yeah, worked as a massage so therapist and they <laughs> they would literally they had 12 rooms and they would wash they had these like faux fur blankets on each of the, uh, the tables and one of those blankets gets washed every month that means that those blankets get washed once a year that's and there's like foul. there's anywhere from like four to eight people on it per day Oh no, I'm sorry, per half day. So there's like up to 20 people on each blanket a day. Jesus, um, that is beyond unsanitary. That's like, that's, ugh, Jesus Christ, that's insane. It's a miracle that place hasn't been shut down. Yeah, that's like a lot of infections waiting to be happening. Okay, <laughs> that's fucked up. Um, Okay. Oh my God, Rapid fire. the lawyers are coming. I can hear them. What could you teach a class? <laughs> Don't worry, we can always edit that one out. Wink. Uh, what could you teach a? This is for entertainment only. This is uh, fiction. What could you teach a class on if you had to teach something? <clears throat> if I didn't have to, if I didn't, I could, and I've considered it before for side cash, but now I went because I just won't have the time, and it went really worth it. But I could teach guitar so long as someone didn't want to like learn how to read music, <laughs> <laughs> like read sheet music. I could uh, teach guitar otherwise. I just never. <laughs> You're gonna say I can teach guitar as long as they don't want to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of true too. Just want to hang out to to people just guitar. Um, I I've tried teaching guitar one time. I'm a horrible guitar teacher. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> um, but I I was a yoga teacher for a number of years, and I actually really enjoy that because I think it's like for me it was like really powerful to like give people tools to like manage it's sort of the other side of like being a you know in in a healing modality because you're just like giving people their own healing tools you know yeah i get it um you 
They wrote this so weirdly. You two look buff AF as fuck. What's your guys' workout routine? Flex emoji, flex emoji, and then they put in the duck emoji. Which I don't Hell know yeah. what duck emoji means by like Whoever it. this is, I'm loving this fan. Um, oh, no, this is, we're like, who is it? Whoa. Oh, hold on. I used to start like showing up. Like, oh. <laughs> who was that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> What is your, what is your quick, like, what, is, what would you say is your quick, like, what works for you? What's your quick, like, weekly workout routine, basically? Like- I do yoga, like, anywhere between three, four, or five times a week, and then I do boxing. <laughs> I honestly, like, that would actually probably appropriately manage my level of attention <laughs> disorder and anxiety. Um, but, no, I do yoga, like, several times a week. And power yoga, poweryoga.com, Brian Kest, best teacher in the world. Um, and then I also do boxing with my friend Sophia, who teaches self-defense. And um, I do bar as well. Nice. That's it. And right. I'd walk around. I live on top of a hill, and I just, like, walk around a ton, too. I basically, I do. I've been, my schedule's been all fucked up because of, like, being in and out of town recently. But, like. Game back into I tried to do weights, honestly, like four to five times a week. And then the cycle, the Peloton, as we mentioned, uh, <laughs> three, maybe three times, like three lo- like longer runs. Like that is like my like sweating, getting like that kind of thing out. Cause I, it's just too hard for me to, I used to love to run, but honestly, my allergies are so fucked up these days that it's really hard for me to run outside. So nerd, <laughs> I know. <laughs> having like an asthma attack so the peloton helps with that and then um i am not i haven't been good on my yoga i need to get back on that uh oh and then i just try to do like other kinds of things i mix in there as well as like just standard cardio and plank type stuff but like plate jumps and jumping jacks and jump rope and then as much plank shit i I can do and that's basically it but i have no rhyme or reason to it it's just whatever i feel like at any day and i'm not good at being like today i'll be like delts and today we'll be like the forearms are i'm the same i just just do what i want to (laughs) do i have a lot of resources for working out and i just sort of like reach in the scrabble bag and pull something out exactly because i feel like i'm like one of i'm like a like a german shepherd or something a german husky a german shepherd (laughs) i just like need to be like exercised a lot you know to like get my my angst out because otherwise oh. I just I'll ruin my life. Actually, I, I am curious. What is your what is your schedule? Because there's some people where they're like, I have to do it like the first thing in the morning. That's the last thing I do at night. I Usually, I just do it after yeah. work, honestly, because that's just convenient <laughs> for me. I usually have to do it first thing in the morning, but it depends. Also, I literally do like anywhere from two to six hours of like manual labor at my job yeah you're fucking you know? putting in the time with your hands so and you're yeah, standing which I is mean, it's a lot of body. upper body it's a lot yeah. of core yeah and it's a lot of legs so that's you know i tend to not want to work out it's it's a tricky balance because i don't want to like overshoot my energy level you know and like wear out mm. so i don't know i feel like you wrote question just talk about your peloton <laughs> i barely even shoehorned that thing in there but i <laughs> i had to um i will say 
for me, do you do any weight stuff? Uh, with boxing, I box with the weights. Oh, okay. I, oh, man, I'd love to get into that. I bet that's really good. Um, it's good for my aggression, my my inner PTSD. It's very healing. I will tell the listeners right now, if you, which I don't know, I feel like probably most of the listeners are. Everyone's turned it off by now. That yeah, now we've been talking about our workout. Well, I was going to say most of them, I would feel like we have a lot of fit people actually that follow the show. So I don't know. But I will say, man, I used to only strictly just, I only used to like running basically. That was the only workout I did just because it was, it's really good. I think running and cycling is very good for my mental health. That's why I do those. I don't really do it for, that is more mental health than physical or anything like that. But it used to drive me crazy because I was like, oh, man, I felt like I would just like not be able to like lose weight or anything like that. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a fucking idiot. And like I had fitness health friends who did the shit for a living who would tell me, like, well, you got to do weights. And I just ignored it because I was like, oh, isn't weights going to like put bulk on top of fat? Basically, is like how I thought. And I think that's what a lot of people think. But uh, it's tone. <laughs> it's well, tone, bro. <laughs> you're I learned that like your calorie burning my friend phrased it perfectly but it's like basically like you can only burn as many calories as like your muscle capacity is at that given moment it's like the more muscle you have it's actually the more calories you can burn and i never knew that before i used to just think that was like oh you're just gonna like bulk up so for anyone out there i'm telling you and it makes i feel like i feel so much better now than when i just used to do strictly running personally as far as like my mental yeah. health goes so yeah um, it feels good to be strong especially uh I don't know. For me as a woman, I was gonna say I, I like I, feeling I, like I can defend myself if I if push name to shove. Me as Literally. Murph's fucking owner, I just like knowing that if a pack <laughs> of wolves came upon us, that I could run quicker than Murph. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what's the most creative way I can quit my fucking shit job? Ugh. I don't know. Did you ever have you ever quit a place in like in a kind of like petty or like dramatic way or have you always just kind of like snuck out the back door? Yes, but then I've just so as a massage therapist, I have walked out of a job, actually that job at the now um, before, but then I got a better job like two days later. It's like not that hard to get a job in that line of work because honestly, uh, a lot of people don't like doing it. So um, it's usually people hiring. So. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like as much as I love the line of work that I'm in, I am reaching a point after all this pandemic and everything and like just the this emotional state that people are at right now. And I also feel like right now there's like a, any energy workers that listen to this show. And I've been talking about this to my friends that are healers and energy workers. Everyone's abilities seem to be like getting the volume turned up right now. And so like, I'm already very empathic. I already have a lot of like mirror neurons going on. I put my hands on someone. I know where they hurt. I feel like I can barely do my job right now. <laughs> um, and it's like, I'm, I, so if you find the answer person who asked this question, you let me know because I also am sort of uh, thinking along a similar change of pace right now. <laughs> Uh, we can just wait for capitalism to collapse, but we might all be dead by then. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> um, there's one. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's two two more. I'm sorry. We're almost out of here. This one, actually, this one, what I had to, like, fucking black myself out not to think about when I saw it, but I love it. They <laughs> said, um, she asked us, you and I, Caitlin, we have 
to get matching tattoos, and we have one minute to decide right now what we would get. Let's go. Starting right now. We'll just assume. Wait, you and I, Eric and I? Yes. We have one minute to decide what's a matching tattoo that we would both agree to get. And where? Oh, we have to get Will Damon's name on our asses. Because Boom, we're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, was what that was his the, question? No, it was a, some girl that follows the show. What? What? Why was that? I don't even remember. I don't know, but I saw on my like um, memories from yeah. Instagram Archive like thing. yesterday that we had like made an arrangement with Will. If he designed a sticker for us, we would get his name tattooed on oh, our asses. Because okay. I was like, "What would you charge?" And he was like, "You and Eric have to get my name on your butts." And I was like, "Done, done, and done, done, done." We still haven't gotten that sticker, so just so need to get yeah, that. that's. Look at the easy. That's it. That was easy. That was fun. <laughs> I thought we were gonna be like bats or something like that. No, Will Damon's name. Great. Love it. Or his face. Or his face. <laughs> I don't know if I want a face on my butt though. Yeah, I don't want a face anywhere. Um, I guess I have Murph's face. Well, I don't have Susie Sue's face on my on my body, but whatever. Um <laughs> She's a god icon. Who doesn't? Okay. Uh, if you were handed a brand spanking new denim wrap trapper keeper, what's the first lyrics you doodle on it? So to kind of like simplify it. What's a trapper keeper? To It was like a thing from like the 80s and 90s. It was like a organizer for kids in classes and things like that. Like another thing is like if oh, you had okay, like a okay, binder okay. or your backpack and you were going to like write lyrics now as an adult, what lyrics would you choose to write like on your school stuff? Like if you were there in the back of the oh, class. Man. Lana Del Rey's love. I've been getting into that song lately. Not gonna lie. Um, <clears throat> fuck. You go first. I gotta think. I don't know, cause like you know, this is gonna sound funny, but like when I was a kid, I used to do that a lot, and I was like, I used to really hone in on lyrics when I was a kid, and like I'd make them so about me, like I, cause like my worldview was so small back then, so I was like. Every song I heard, like, I could only think about in the lens of, like, me and, like, my crush I had in, like, fucking third period Spanish or whatever. And now as an adult, like, I feel bad saying this or maybe whatever, but, like, I've drifted away. Like, the older I get, the more I don't pay attention to lyrics as much. I guess because, like, life is just so fucking bleak in so many ways. Like, you know, I, the older you get, the more you just realize how like, you, you, you can't help but think of things in universal ways and, like, broad terms. And you think about, like, how fucking, like shitty like life is so like you the, I love the how more this, like rapid fire line yeah, of questioning you're like well my philosophy has changed so that being said i'm just i guess like to reel back in it's i can't think off the top of my head of a song that like i've really glommed onto lyrically in a long while like there's lyrics i hear in songs that like i enjoy these days of course or like that i'm like oh this is really good like don't get me wrong like there's a lot of um there's a lot of albums that come out like Sufjan Stevens, Carrie and Lowell. Like lyrically, that album is gorgeous. I think that Kendrick Lamar writes lyrically gorgeous albums. I just can't think of like a line that like I'd be like, I'm going to write on like a binder off the top of my head. I got mine. What's yours? All right. Mine is um, from the <clears throat> 1980s musical chess. <laughs> oh, boy. The song Anthem as sung by Tommy Korberg in the original cast recording. <laughs> and it's the final line of the song. And he says, let <laughs> I'm going to sing it. 
Men's let men's petty nations tear themselves apart. My land's only borders lie around my heart. And I love that. I think that's great. I think that's great too, actually. That's good. Um, I would just I write that too. <laughs> I would look I would look over your shoulder and I would steal your math answers and I would steal your lyrics. <laughs> um God, okay, we're at the hour and a half mark. I feel like we should save some of these for, for the next mailbag because there's a there's a few more, but they're like ones that like I want to get into a little bit more than like a rapid fire because I feel like they deserve it. Um so let's save them because we will we'll do more because I we're getting more and more of them with each time we do these. Um so yeah, let's 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 wrap it up for the evening. Uh, we'll save the voicemail because it also involves like a longer kind of dialogue, I think, to be spoken about it. Um, they'll we still they'll have another voicemail. Man, we gotta do these more often. This is so fun. I know. I agree. I think we'll we'll start maybe like doing this once a month or something like that. Just or like you know maybe we'll set aside like a Sunday once a month to start getting into these. So if you're out there, I promise you, I do save them. Uh, I do. <laughs> I I save them by taking screenshots of them and putting them in a folder on my phone, literally. And so I promise we will get to them on the next one. But yeah, let's let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Caitlin, did you learn anything this uh, evening? Free stop, Peterson. <laughs> we we learned that Scott <laughs> Peterson <kidding>. is one hundred percent a free man <laughs> or one hundred percent innocent. <laughs> He's one hundred percent innocent. You might be freeing his mind. Trading your trading your free Britney tees. Uh, we're freeing Scott. <laughs> Brittany, no, Brittany's more or less free or she's free like you know she's free ish now we got to put our focus on scott manifest scott yeah uh, oh god Brittany's um, on instagram showing off her titties every day is great she's living she's i love it i think too. she's brilliant me too i think I'm, she's on I'm fire i literally cannot wait for her to be able to release her own music yeah like that she wants to because I think that's like I told you I don't think music will ever be the same after that <laughs> like I think she's fuck. a fucking genius yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if it's just like raw like like some fucking like I don't know like just like some intense like just bikini killer just some crazy like punk like singer type shit like just letting it all I out. can't wait it's gonna be super weird or it's gonna be just really sweet like nice country music you know what if it was chess the musical chest the musical <laughs> the chest the musical <laughs> okay we gotta wrap this Let's thing up let mess <laughs> Kaylin, as always thank you for being the co-host the i'm gonna say good night y'all good night good night